Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, on this special episode number 30 of the show about the show. I am very, very pleased and excited to have former Major League Relief pitcher and closer Kyle Farnsworth with me on the program today to talk about his career. He played for a lot of different teams. We're going to ask him about what that's like. Also, what's the pressure like trying to save a game in the ninth inning and what he has been up to since leaving the game? So without any further ado, here he is, Kyle Farnsworth. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? Doing well. How you doing? Doing well. Hey, thanks for coming on the uh, podcast today. So you were drafted in the you were drafted by the Cubs in 1994 in the 47th round, but you didn't actually sign until May of '95. Uh, can you kind of talk about the draft process? Um, no, I, I really didn't know that much about it. But you know, I got drafted out of high school in the 47th round by the Cubs. Um, I had a full scholarship to go to a junior college um, down in Tipton, Georgia, Abraham Baldwin Agriculture College. So, you know, to me, I didn't think I was ready yet to do the minor league system. So, you know, since I had the scholarship to go to play college, you know, I decided to go there for a year and, you know, you know, you know hold my skills a little bit better than – and the skill from there. And the, back then, it was a draft and follow system, so they could draft a guy and follow him before the next draft. And if they wanted to keep him, they would sign him or whatnot. If not, he didn't reenter the draft. So, so that's that's what that system was. I don't think that's around anymore. It went out a while ago, but you know that's how it all started. Sure. Now, you actually ended up, when you did sign with the Cubs in 1995, you actually debuted for them in 99, and you played for them um, through the 2004 season. What do you remember about playing for the Cubs? Um, you know, just grateful that they gave me an opportunity to be able to, you know, play the game that I love doing. Uh, you know, it, it was definitely a fun experience, you know, for the minor leagues. You know, for the big league call up to my time there in Chicago, um, you know, there's ups and downs, but that's just part, part of the game and stuff like that. So you just have to take the good with the bad, and, you know, and I just enjoy every moment of it. Now, for those for those of you who are listening, a little piece of Kyle Farnsworth trivia for you. He was the winning pitcher in the final game played at Three Rivers Stadium on October 1st, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Then, uh, you did? Okay. Jamie, Ar- J- yeah, Jamie Arnold got the save. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yep. Now, y- y- you, y- would you kind of consider yourself a journeyman? Um, I think all, all believers are, in a way. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. Know, that's just the way, the way I look at it. Just, you know, unless you're a, you know, closer or anything like that, you know, Little percent guys, you know, they're going to go, they're going to bounce around from team to team. And that's just part of the game. Um, you know, 
as long as I'm able to play for a team, um, I don't care how many times it bounce around, just as long as someone wants me. And, and and that's a good segue because you actually ended up playing two stints for your next team, which was the Detroit Tigers. In February of 2005, you were traded to the Tigers for Bo Flowers, Scott Moore, and Roberto Nova. What do you remember about that first uh, stint with the Tigers? Um, it, it, it was a tough team. On, uh, we didn't do too well. But, you know, the group of guys that were there on the team, you know, we meshed real well together you know, and had a good time. But, you know, things didn't turn out the way we wanted them to. And then I believe I got traded at the deadline in 05. But, you know, that was uh, really one of the first times we really got an opportunity to close as well as with the Tigers. And then when they got traded, uh, we went to the Braves. Um, you know, they started having success in, in that role. Now, while you were with the Tigers, you got traded at the trade deadline in 2005, and we'll get to that in a second. But you had a uh, you had a rather interesting encounter against the Kansas City Royals at Comerica Park one day. What happened? Um, I, I think actually, who was pitching? I want to say it was Ronaldo Hernandez with um, Kansas City, and Carlos Guillen was. I think it was, that was Carlos Guillen who was hit. I believe Hernandez hit him in the foot. With a pitch or something, and the game started going down to first base. Empire said, No, you didn't get hit. So Hernandez said, You want to get hit? I'm going to hit you in the head. Next pitch, he gets Carlos hit in the head. So that's when the pitcher, you know, we're going to run in from the bullpen. Um, I'm just going in there, just trying to separate our guys from their guys. But um, everything got calmed down. For the most part, and um, things started up again, and, and I went in to try to break everybody up. And I think I, you know, I, I was going in there pushing our guys away and getting their guys away. And I think I pushed the up, so, and he said something to me, Lord, and I um, kind of just went after him. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> sure. Now you did you did get traded, uh, like I said at the trade deadline, to the Braves for Zach Miner and Ramon Colon. Um, what do you remember about that? Because you only spent a couple months with Atlanta that time in the 2005 season before signing a deal with the Yankees. What do you remember about that um, deadline trade? Um, you know, I kind of I had an idea something was going to happen. Hello? I think we might have lost Kyle there. I'm sorry, folks. He uh you know, he is traveling, he's doing a little bit of the uh doing a little bit of the uh game time stuff, but yeah. He did uh he did drop the call the call did drop, so we will try to get Kyle back here shortly. But, yeah, you you know, he was talking about you, – you can kind of see the mentality he had. He mentioned that, that scuffle that he had in Detroit. You know, he was going in there trying to separate guys, and Jeremy Affel, you know, said something to him, and, and he went after him. And that's all – that's all about, you know, guys protecting their players. So, yeah, so he is back now. Uh, so, yeah, what that. do you remember about – that's okay. So, what do you remember about the Braves? That trade of the Braves? You kind of, you kind of said you saw, you thought something was on the horizon. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. You no, know, if all teams to be traded to, you know, it was Atlanta, you know, from you know, the area, so it was good to be able to pitch in front of them. Stuff like that, but, you know, to be able to pitch with, you know, I think, small design team, when I had to pitch, you know, Chipper and all them. So it, it was sure. It was a great opportunity to go there and, you know, help that team get to the playoffs again. You know, their history of, you know, third to fourteen pounds rows in the playoffs. So that's definitely something that, you know, was amazing. So I just went in there and just, you know, just try to just be myself and not to get anybody's way and just go out there and do my job. Now, the following season, you signed with probably the most popular and probably most disliked franchise in all of baseball, the New York Yankees. They had obviously had Tom Gordon in there, and you came in as the uh, primary setup man to replace him. Three-year deal, $17 million. At that point, it was reported that the Rangers had offered three and 16 and a half plus some incentives. Um, what made you pick the Yankees? Um just the opportunity to play, you know, with another great franchise, um, you know, this opportunity to hopefully get to the playoffs again. Um, really that you want to be able to be on teams like that to be able to win a World Series because that's the main goal. So I you know, just think about the teams I had the best opportunity to do like that and the best opportunity, you know, for myself to go out there and perform. So, um, you know, it was uh, up and down, you know, time during with the uh, Yankees, but, you know, same time, you know, I'm just blessed to be able to keep on playing. Absolutely. And you, you struggled in 2006. You had an ERA of about just under four and a half, and the same with 2007. So the Yankees release you, and you you uh, signed with the uh, Tigers, and you returned got, to the Tigers. Got, you got, got traded. traded. I'm sorry. Traded, yeah. You, you actually got traded for a Hall of Famer in Pudge Rodriguez. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, what's that like? I mean, what's uh, what's that like for you to be like, oh, well, you know, at the time you're like, okay, I got traded, but now that he's in the Hall of Fame, are you, you know, is that something you're kind of a little proud of? Hey, I got traded for a future Hall of Famer? Um, no, not really. I mean, I knew him when uh, my time with the Tigers, so, but, you know, I guess it just kind of showed my value and stuff like that, but, you know, you know I, at that time, 2008, you know, I was doing well with the Yankees. I finally figured it out and stuff like that. And getting traded once, and I started doing doing well. So it, it was tough. Um, but, you know, this is part of the game. You got to realize it's the business. You got to go with it. Now, I, I think one thing that people always talk about is they talk about the the pressure of pitching in New York and the aura of Yankee Stadium and all that kind of stuff and the rivalry rivalry that they have with the Red Sox. Is that real? Like, when you're a Yankee, do you feel that more so um, compared I'm, to being on another team? Yeah, I'm sure there's, there's definitely a bit more, you know, I'm not going to say pressure because it's really not win, but just to be able to go out there and perform day in and day out, you know, because that's what – they expect, and that's what you should expect that of your own self out there and do the best you can. But, you know, the game is hard enough as it is, and I think I did that a few times and tried to do too much instead of just trying to sit back and just relax and just, you know, just do what I was capable of doing and not try to, you know, do things I wasn't able to do and just sit there and just, just pitch. Um, you know, it's definitely a different limelight and arena as opposed to, you know, smaller market teams, but 
you know, it's still a baseball game. You still got, got to go out there and do the best you can and do your job. I want to ask you this flat out because because I personally think that it is, and you might be a little you might be a little biased being a baseball player and a former Yankee, but is the Yankees Red Sox rivalry the best rivalry in all of sports, and why? Um, I don't know. Um, there's Cubs Cardinals, which is pretty good. Uh, you know, I was part of, part of that one, and that was a, that was a lot of fun. Um, sure. You know, it's it's just tough to decide. Um, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a good it's definitely a good time when those two teams play together. You know, it's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. Even with the fans, you know, the fans are crazy about it. So I think that's what adds it in is you know how crazy the Yankees and Red Sox fans. You know, same thing as the Cubs, you know, Cardinals, but. Sure. And that's what makes it, that's what makes the game great. I mean, you get the fans into the games, and you know they're rooting for their teams uh, and their favorite players and stuff like that. So I mean, it, I mean, definitely in the bullpen where you know you can see stuff going on in stands, you know, fights and stuff like that. It and it always gets crazy um, how some fans get go after it and stuff like that. But um, you know, those are two good rivalries for sure. Um, but it's hard to go wrong with them. Now, when you, when you're obviously, you know, you just said when you're in the bullpen, you kind of you can kind of hear some of the fans, and you talked about briefly there, you know, the levels they go to. When you're on the mound, how do you kind of block all that out? I mean, obviously, you know, the thing about the thing I respect the most about baseball players, but especially relief pitchers, is just their intense focus. And obviously, you can't block out all the fans, but how do you block it out enough to? be able to focus on the batter, especially in a high-pressure situation? Um, honestly, I don't know. I wish I could have her. <laughs> um, but, I mean, <laughs> uh, you just got to take in, um, you know, all the training, the mental preparation and the physical preparation that you've done, uh, you know, years before, days before, you know, just, just sure. getting, ready for those, getting ready for those situations and, and when the time arises, it's just kind of like second nature. You know, your job is to focus in, you know, on that mix and, and visualize the pitch you want to throw and where you want to throw it as opposed to trying to hear what's going on. And, you know, some people always talk about that tunnel vision you get, and that's kind of what it is. You have to kind of have to slow the game down to be able to get in that kind of a zone and just, you know, really focus and concentrate on you know, your, your job at hand, because if you let the moment get too big, that's when things can get out of hand and go crazy. Um, you just got to try to slow everything down, take deep breaths, and just, you know, trust your ability. Now, one of, the, one of the things, obviously, about being a relief pitcher as opposed to being a starting pitcher is, you know, I hear it all, I hear a lot on, you know, MLB Network or Baseball Tonight or whatever it is, is that you have to have a short memory. How do you, and, and you know, that's easier said than done because a lot of times, you know, you'll have a situation where your your starter goes out there, he pitches a really good game, and you give up the, you know, you give up a walk-off or something happens, there's some bad luck and you lose. How do you go about as a relief pitcher just, you know, leaving it at the ballpark and forgetting it and having a short-term memory and coming back the next day and starting over? You know, that's definitely part of it all probably the hardest part to do, um, you know, because that, you know, the newspapers are all over you. You're, you're basically the goat. 
Uh, it's kind of like the linemen of football. You don't you don't get any recognition for doing something bad. <laughs> so, but right. you know, yeah. it, 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 it's it's tough. Um, but I mean, that's part. You know, you really have to have that short-term memory. You know, that's why. You know, you can you're we're able to play 162 games because you know got the next game to focus on. And as you know, relie- relievers, you know, they have to focus and get mentally prepared every day. And I think that's the toughest part. Or the biggest difference between the starters and relievers, you know, the starters get mainly focused, you know, one out of five days, the relievers have to do that every day. You know, it, you know, the both jobs are tough, um, both mentally and physically, but you definitely have to have a, you know, short-term memory and go out there and just trust your ability day in and day out. I I can't imagine it would feel all that great, but tell me, what does it feel like when you actually – and not you in particular, but I mean as a relief pitcher, what does it feel like when as a relief pitcher you go out there and you blow the game or you lose the game or the game the game changes when you're in the game and the starter loses a potential win? What's that like, you know, if you give up, say, a walk-off and you have to go back into the dugout and tell that guy, like, hey, man, sorry, I you know lost the game for you? No, it, it, it's definitely it's not a good feeling to have because, you know, you don't want to go out there and not do a job. That's... Sure. I think we might have. Uh, I think we might have lost Kyle again here. Yeah, it looks like. Looks like that call dropped. I do apologize, folks. You know he obviously is on his cell phone and he's he's calling into this show. So we're gonna we're gonna get Kyle back here. But yeah, you can tell um, the mental aspect of the game for a closer that he touched on is just it's so much more different than it is for a reliever. You heard him talk about how for a reliever it's it's one every it's once every five days. And or I'm sorry for starters once every five days, but as a reliever, you have to be mentally strong and mentally capable and and able to go every single day, and that's the tough part. And that's that you know I think that's the thing that a lot of fans um, have a hard time with is you know when you're when you are a when you are a reliever is having to you know, have that mental makeup. And that's, and that's, I think, why relievers don't get enough credit these days. So you, in, uh, in 2008, we'll get back to your career now. In 2008, you signed a, signed a two-year deal for a little over $9 million with the Royals. And what do you remember about that? No, no the great, great, great town, great organization. Um, you know, it's probably one of the most underrated cities and stadiums out there. You know, it's beautiful. Um, you know, I had a great yep. time out there. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, from the country and that definitely on the country. And that's, you know, I enjoyed my time out there for the two years I was there. So I enjoyed it. In 2010, you were uh, reacquired by the Braves for uh, four players. You you only spent the rest of the 2010 season with the Braves. What do you remember about the rest of the, that season? You talked about earlier your first stint, you know, Smoltz and Chipper and guys like that. Was it kind of a different feel that second time around, or was it kind of like 
being back in familiar territory. It was you know, like being back in familiar territory, but it was also I believe that was one of Bobby Thompson's last last year he was retiring after that. So I believe everybody wanted to do well and get back in the playoffs for him and put him on a high note. But um, you know, it was like I was back at home again, um, you know, playing for the home team and again, you know, it's it was a great opportunity to get back in the postseason and you know, and then end the way we wanted to. I think we got knocked, knocked out in the first round. But, you know, it's another good experience. So on on in January of twenty eleven you signed a one year deal uh with the Rays, which was the following off season after getting after the season ended with the Braves. And then on in February of 2013, you signed a one-year deal again. Uh, what do you remember about your time in Tampa? I've always heard that that stadium doesn't draw very well because it's kind of hard to get to. Yeah, um, you know, it's definitely a bit long ways from, you know, Orlando. Any kind of like, you know, there's Tampa, but, you know, it's like maybe 30 minutes. Orlando is like an hour and a half. Um, and then you get a lot of fans who are, you know, Yankees fans, Red Sox fans. So there's really no hometown fans, not that not that many. Um, you know, it's a great stadium, too. And just like you were saying, you know, it's a tough – they're not so tough. It's just a long way for a lot of people to drive to come see them, you know, which, was, which was, you know, sad because we had to get – we had good teams, you know, while I was there. And we didn't have that much fan support unless uh, big market clubs would come into town. And, you yeah. know, it was just one of the things, but, you know, we had a great time. And then after you were you were DFA'd in August of 2013 and released the next day, you about a week later you signed with the, uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates and you recorded your first save, actually, on September 11th, 2013, Against the Texas Rangers in an interleague game, what do you remember about that first save? Um, I just know it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, typical time in uh, you know Texas, but um, you know, I was just go out there to do my job. Um, so no matter what team you're with, and every time you're out there on the mound, you go out, you have to go out there and do the best you can to perform. Um, you know, I had a great time doing it. You know, I kind of felt like I had something to prove. But, you know, at the same time, I just wanted to go out there and just keep on playing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so 2014, you actually ended up signing with the uh, with the New York Mets, and you ended up um, getting called up almost immediately out of spring training because Bobby Parnell, the Mets closer at the time, was injured, and you guys also had Jose Valverde. You ended up becoming the the uh, the closer after recording a couple saves. What do you remember about that, especially the Subway Series against the Yankees? Um, no, I enjoyed my time there. It's kind of a little bit different, different atmosphere as it was from the Yankees, but um, yeah, no, I was only there for a month and a half. Um, I don't even remember if we did face him. Oh, we did. I think we faced him. I can't even remember. <laughs> All these teams run together. But, um, sure. You know, I'm trying to think if we did or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we did. I'm not sure. But, you know, if we did, okay. you know, it was, it was a good time. 
if we, you know, is this one of those rivalries that, you know, kind of like Cubs, Cubs, uh, the White Sox and stuff like that. But, you know, that's what's you know, it's good about the game. You get the inner city, the rivalries and stuff like that, and the fans love it. Now, one of the, you know, we're pretty much through your full major league career at this point. We got about six minutes left. We got a couple of really interesting things that I want to talk about. Talk about your 2015 season, where you played, and what that experience was like. Um, I was down in Mexico. Uh, with the okay. They called me up. I forget what it was. It might have been in January or something like that. And I was um, playing some of my pro football at the time. So I told them I had to get, you know, it was going to take me a couple months to get my arm ready and stuff like that. So I think I joined them and want to say first of July and they had me setting up down there, you know, it was a different experience. I'm, uh, you know, it was an opportunity to go out there and keep on playing the game I love, you know, even though it was out in Mexico and there's no great atmosphere, you know, definitely different from here in the States. Uh, they got mascots sure. running around on the field, steel drums playing, <laughs> music going on. You know, it's, it's crazy, but, uh, they love their yeah. baseball down there, that's for sure. And you no, know, it, it was a good time. One of the one of the more interesting things is uh, a lot of people don't know this, but you know they the the term is you know pitchers are the Burt Blylevin, who's a Twins play by play commentator, likes to say that uh, pitchers are the best athletes on the field. Now, you could probably take this a step further because you actually played football after for the Florida Football Lions. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, I think it was after – yeah, it had been 2014 after I got released by the Astros. You know, I've, I've always wanted to play football. I, I was thinking about trying to do – do that probably earlier on my career, play base, baseball and football, probably like when I was in my, my mid-20s, but it's never panned out. So, sure. you know, I've always had, I've always had, you know, aspirations of doing it. So I said, you know what? I just got released by the Astros. I'm going to go home, look up, and try to find what kind of semi-pro football teams are in the Florida. And, you know, see if there's any Orlando, turn off the hounds, you know, the Orlando Phantoms. So I went out you know, they had an open tryout in, I believe, October. Went out and tried out, you know, made the team. And that year, I ended up being the uh, starting defensive end. <laughs> made the start team, led the team in tackles, sacks, uh, a few other things that year. And Yeah, you finished with 11 sacks that season. That's impressive, <laughs> no matter what league you're in. <laughs> Appreciate it. I've been playing with them for the past, you know, this was the fourth year, but this year I wasn't able to play because I blew my knee out in uh, December. So, but we won the championship this year, you know, went undefeated. So, you know, it's it's been, you know, I've been very fortunate to, you know, play baseball for a long time and able to, you know, play, you know, semi-pro football the last four years with the Orlando Phantom. You know, just, you know, it's been a lot of fun, that's for sure. I'm definitely blessed to be able to do things I've been able to do. Sure. Now, Kyle, we got just under three minutes left. Um, so the big news in the game of baseball 
Um, so far this season has been Shohei Otani being obviously succeeding really well as a pitcher and a hitter. And then also Robinson Cano, he just got uh, suspended for 80 games. What, what are your impressions on Shohei Otani? Um, you know, obviously not since Babe Ruth have we seen somebody be a pitcher and a hitter this successfully. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. I think it's good for the game. And, um, you know, I haven't seen anybody do that really. I think the last person I've actually seen that was a position player that was a pitcher was uh, Brooks Kieschnick. I, I believe who yep. it was when he was with when he was with Milwaukee. They had him in outfield, and he'd come in and pitch a few times. But as far as doing it consistently, like Otani, and with the stuff that he has, 95 to 100, uh, splitty, and uh, when he comes and hits, you know, with the power that the speed he has. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely impressive, you know, the athletes that are coming up now these days, whether it be from overseas or here in the States or, or anywhere else. You know, athletes are a different breed. You know, they get bigger, faster, stronger, and it's definitely showing on the field. And, you know, I saw the thing about Robinson, you know, you know, I played with him, you know, with the Yankees and stuff like that. You know, it's you know, it's sad to see something like that happen. You know, we were, we've always told, you know, in our – players meetings and stuff like that, you know, we should be very aware of what we put in our bodies because ignorance is not an excuse. Um, you know, you should never, you should always ask what, you should have, we always get a list of things that are banned and stuff like that. And you should always know sure. what the doc, doctor you're getting from the doctor or what you're putting in your body because you're, it's going to come back on the person who, on, on you. It's not going to come back on the doctor and like that because you're putting it in your, your own body. So you have to you know it's, it's it's sad, you know, just because you're a player, but, you know, it's, you're going to have to t- take the suspension for, you know, you have to, if you're going to be able, if you want to be able to do something like that, you're going to have to take the pay the price if you get caught. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. It's too bad. We got a, Kyle, we got about 20 seconds left. Yes or no, with knowing that he failed the uh, the test, is Robinson Cano a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Um, as a second baseman, it's, um, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really looked at his, <laughs> I just, I haven't really looked at all his numbers, but I know they're pretty good. Stuff like that. Sure. You know, sure. I would probably say he would be. Sure. Well, Kyle, we have to go. I have taken up enough of your time today. I cannot thank you enough for uh for coming on the show today. And uh best of luck to you in your future endeavors, whatever they may be. Maybe someday we'll see you in the NFL. <laughs> All right, well, just catching up on me on that one, but right. thank you very much. Thank you, Kyle. Have a good day. All right, you too. That was reliever Kyle Farnsworth. He talked a lot about, uh, you know, the his extensive career and kind of the rivalries and all that kind of stuff. That was a really that was a really fun and interesting interview. I thought the last thirty seconds about Shohei Otani that he talked about was uh, was really good. I'm going to try and see if I can get Brooks Kieschnick on and talk to him a little bit 
talk to him about the the pitching and the hitting aspect because I think that's I think that's really interesting and something you guys would like to hear. Got two more episodes coming up today. I have former major leaguer Eric Rasmussen coming on a little bit later, and then from KSTP Channel Five in the Minneapolis St. Paul, the host of the Scoop podcast, Darren Doogie Wolfson will join me for about 15 to 20 minutes. We'll talk twins and a little bit of Timberwolves. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day and we'll see you down the road in podcast land. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.